I want to read to you a little story, a story that I just told, with all the right facts in the right places. This is from Luke 19, starting at verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see him in the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. If it's the first time you've heard this particular story, or the hundred and first, or the thousand and first, you know it. You know it because it's a human story. You know it because this is how we are as people. I want to describe for you the kinds of different characters in this story. We've got Zacchaeus, who is this guy that Luke tells us, well, this translation says short of stature. And actually, the Greek is not quite like that. I think what Luke's trying to say, this is a young man who doesn't have a lot of social respect. Part of that is because he's young. He doesn't have the stature. Part of that is because he's this tax collector, reviled among his people, seriously disliked. But again, the word that Luke uses is is not chief tax collector. It's, It's the word that you use for ruler. He's a ruler of a kind. He has power. Now what's the power that Zacchaeus has? Is it economic power? It's an imperial power? Because this is Rome we're talking about. It's Roman taxes that we're talking about. These taxes that were very steep. Even for the Jews. And the Roman Empire was known for this wherever their colonies were. Whether it was North Africa... Middle East. High taxes. And here Zacchaeus was. One of his own people by birth, but had gone to work for the emperor. Given power, given authority. But was it God's power or God's authority? So quite rightly, this Crowd. This crowd, think of them as like another character in the story. Here is this crowd, and they, 
They're so good at reflecting a national mood. What's this resentment against Rome, resentment about taxes, resentment about occupation, being occupied by a foreign country, resentment about not having their own house, not having their own rulers, their own government. Things that were imposed on them. And here Zacchaeus was evidence of that. Understandably, they see Zacchaeus and they want to flip that power. They want to say, Zacchaeus, no, your power is no good here. You don't deserve to be here. You're not worthy of God's love. Our money should be given to the temple, and instead it's going to Roman authorities far, far away to uphold an empire we don't even agree with. Zacchaeus, you don't belong here. Then there's Jesus. And Jesus knows all of these things. He just sees these things. He sees the crowd, many of whom have been with him for some time. Some of whom have come out on the day knowing that he's coming through. Knowing the stories of the things that he has done. Ironically, for people much like Zacchaeus. Healing the blind. Healing women. Healing social outcasts. Jesus sees the crowd. He knows the crowd. He knows them intimately. He knows the dynamics of a group. He knows that groups can change, that their mood can shift. He knows that they're unreliable in a way. One minute they'll be for you, and the next minute they'll be against you. He does not disperse the crowd. He does not say, go home. What does he do? Well, if he's not ministering to them in one moment, the next minute he's teaching them, the next minute he's modeling in front of them what his kingdom looks like, what his father's kingdom looks like. He never gives up on the crowd. As confused and distracted and disorientated as they may be, he never gives up on the crowd. Because he knows that in the crowd are individuals. And actually he knows that in the crowd there are people just like Zacchaeus. Even if they're afraid to say, I'm a bit like that guy. Actually, A bit like that guy. What does Zacchaeus do? He's just honest. He has heard this story of this amazing prophet, this Messiah, this Son of God who's come and healed these people and people in particular circumstances in life. People who the crowd would say, you are unworthy. You are unworthy to be loved. You are not just by God. 
You are not set aside. You are not elected. You have placed yourself outside of grace. And Jesus comes and says, I see you. The drama builds. As these two figures get closer together, Zacchaeus is on a mission to see Jesus, and so he climbs up into this tree. <coughs> now the reality is he could have seen Jesus in a number of ways without climbing into a tree, because what happens when you climb into a tree? You're immediately seen. <laughs> You're immediately seen by everyone. It is a place of embarrassment and shame, particularly if you're a grown person. How many grown people do you see climbing trees? What would you say to somebody you saw in a tree if you were walking down the road? What are you doing up there? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Get down out of that tree. You're going to hurt yourself. Zacchaeus doesn't care. He puts himself in that position. So the two things going on, actually. Luke says he wants to see Jesus, but actually the reality is also that he wants to be seen by Jesus. Oh, we're close now, aren't we? We're close now. Because actually in that reality, so many of us find ourselves thinking, feeling the same thing, how I want to be seen by Jesus. How I want to be seen for who I am. Zacchaeus trusts that when Jesus sees him, he will understand, Jesus will understand perfectly his situation. He's not there making a case for himself. He's not shouting out, now listen Jesus, let me just explain what's happened up to this point. He just puts himself out there. Zacchaeus is on a mission to be seen. Jesus is on a mission to know Zacchaeus. This is the key thing. These two paths converge regardless of what stands in the way or who stands in the way. The path of Jesus Christ converges with the path of Zacchaeus who's lodged in a tree because Jesus wills it. And in fact, he is saying, Zacchaeus, you are the Father's child, worthy of all love and affection, worthy of forgiveness. Because Zacchaeus knows when he comes to the table, he's, he's got something that needs repenting. And I believe that there's a movement of the Spirit inside Zacchaeus that prompts him to say that. Here's the money. This is what I'm going to do. Here's the money. I'm going to pay back the money that I stole. Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. 
This isn't just a fly-by healing. This isn't just a come, I'll shake your hand and, you know, do, do better next time, Zacchaeus, okay? You know, walk the straight and narrow. Toe the line. Jesus' visit with Zacchaeus is more than just being about rules. It's more than enforcing the law. It is about establishing a relationship. When Jesus, Jesus leaves that house, he wants Zacchaeus to know him by name. He wants Zacchaeus to remember that Zacchaeus is chosen. Jesus says, salvation has come to your house. Salvation has come to your house. And where did it all start? The young man climbing a tree. I think in many times in our life we will find ourselves in positions that are close to all three of these characters. We will find ourselves close to Zacchaeus, seeking, wanting, desiring, hungering to be seen by Jesus Christ. We will find ourselves near the crowd, wanting to establish justice, wanting to say, no, this is not right, wanting to say, you, you don't belong, wanting to maintain God's holiness. But that ain't, that ain't our job, is it? Sometimes I think we'll find ourselves located very near Jesus, seeing these things unfold, seeing those who are wrongs, those who are left out, seeing how the mob or the group behaves sometimes, knowing that there are good people in the crowd, but they can be led in the wrong direction. Jesus sees you and how you let yourself be seen by the Savior. You know, I've seen so many times people who just are fed up with the brokenness in their lives. Just fed up with it. They don't even know, they don't even know what to say. They come to church or maybe they come to a life group or maybe they come to to meal with some other Christians and they, they kind of go, I don't, I don't even know why I'm here. All I know is I'm fed up with the brokenness in my own life. I'm fed up with the illness. I'm fed up with the making bad decisions. I'm fed up with my broken finances. I'm fed up with my broken relationships. Don't even know what to say. Don't know the right words, but I'll climb a tree. I'm so desperate I'll climb a tree to be seen. My encouragement to you is for you to know that Jesus sees you. He seeks you. 
bring salvation to your house. Because he already knows your heart. He knows that when you climb that tree, when you put yourself in precarious positions, when you fumble for the words, when you try and pray and don't know how, when you, when you scream out for help, He recognizes that that is a Jesus-shaped hole in your life. And he will put himself there for you. So let this be an anticlimactic end. To say that Jesus has already done it, he's already given it, he's at work in your life, the depth that I'd love you to go after. Is to pray to be seen. If you can do that this week, let yourself be seen by him. Can you do that? Because oh man, the blessing that comes from that. How he desires that. If you can just imagine, it's just him and you. How he longs for that.